Welcome back to the Not Just Bikini Girl podcast. This is your host, Jasmine Jeffrey, and today I have the lovely Abby Willis, who is where do I start? Right, multiple bikini champion, online and posing coach, GBO judge, and also used to be a compact athlete, but still kind of part of the compact gang. So she has been in this industry for such a long time, and it's been really cool actually to see her progression with GBO and NFM and the judging and what's going to be happening next year. So we're going to be talking about a lot of different elements in this episode. But if you are wanting to know more about GBO and NFM, this is the episode for you because we're going to go through everything. So welcome, babe, to the podcast again. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure to be here. <laughs> I feel like this whole year is absolutely flown by, but we've been trying to get this episode sorted for a while, so it's good to actually finally sort out. I know, we must have planned it at least kind of seven times and just been on on the off chance, just not been able to do it. So yeah, but we finally got loads of stuff to talk about today, which is is really exciting. Eight time lucky, okay, that's a thing I'm just saying. Exactly. I'm literally going to go through all the questions that I've had asked to me, which I thought might be quite interesting. And obviously you are the NFM GBO expert. So hopefully this will just clear up a lot of questions that people get. And yeah, we'll literally crack straight in. But the first question I've got is, how does the criteria differ to NFM in comparison to other federations in your opinion? Because I know you've ju- you've not just judged GBO NFM shows, you've judged multiple other federations in the past. So where do you see like the criteria and why do you think it's different and why do you think it's potentially better as well so like in comparison with with the shows that are run by nfm events because it's adapted into the gbo style which obviously started out in america the ones in the uk are very different to the usa based ones in the us you literally have the kind of standardized classes you've got Beachbody, which is bikini in most other federations. You've got shape, which is wellness. You've got figure and you've got um, women's classic bodybuilding. And you've only got those four classes. Whereas because NFM started as its own entity as a fitness model show, it was next fitness models. So it had all these added classes in terms of like athletic bikini. You then had tone figure and athletic figure. You had the diva class or the model class. You had men's muscle. You had all these other kind of additional classes almost from what we understand as standard bodybuilding shows. So therefore the criteria had to be a little bit adapted for those shows because people were wanting these extra classes. People quite enjoy and athletes quite enjoy being really selective on like that difference of like toned bikini and trained bikini, beach body and athletic beach body. They like that slight difference because there is such a wide variety of bikini athletes from a much softer look to a much detailed, harder look that you'd probably see more so on the Olympia stage some years, some years so not. <laughs> but it's constantly a changing, changing thing. And I think what we come to understand with bodybuilding and it's really important for athletes to understand is it is, it is a criteria and it's quite a wide criteria depending on if the judges work as a unit and they all understand 
and have the same thought process to what toned is or what athletic is because in someone's eyes someone who's really lean might not look so lean in someone else's eyes but it's dependent on what they've kind of been opened up to or seen previously so we really try and break that down in the nfm categories to give that difference for the athlete so we we do have kind of that softer look for beach body and a little bit more detailed look for athletic, a slightly bigger build in the bikini category, especially. Um, but then when it comes to competing with GBO abroad, whether that's an international show in Europe or America, they just have the standardized categories. So it's it's very much more a um, it's a professional bikini look. I would put it that way, where it is a little bit more muscle density is a little bit more separation and you've got a little bit more detailing than you would do in the in the standard beach body category that we currently have uh, in the UK but it is starting to mix a little bit and I think I I quite like the standard categories I quite enjoy that I I'm not a fan of breaking it down I would rather be an athlete that works into a class rather than an athlete that is finding a class just because it suits them right now. So yeah, that, that's kind of my thought process on, on that. I like that. That's interesting. So how does it work with judging at NFM? Like, I don't think people sometimes understand like what actually goes into it, what the processes are. Like, how does the ju- how do the scores work? How many people are there? Like, yeah, talk to us about how the judging works at NFM and maybe potentially... Like for you, it might be normal, but do you think there's certain things that people like when you it, when you talk about it in conversation, people are like, oh, I didn't realize that happens. Or like, I know people, for example, with FitEx, for me, people didn't realize the top score and the lowest score get wiped straight away. I don't know if that happens at NFM. But yeah, talk to us about how the judging works. I think that might be quite interesting for people to listen to. Yeah, so um, at the UK-based shows, we as a judging panel are allowed to communicate So we're allowed to discuss on the judging panel, which is, I think, quite different to some of the judging panels that I've been on for other federations or as as well internationally. You don't talk on a judging panel. Um, One, because in places like Italy and Germany, you can't understand each other. Um, But two, that's just how they work in in those countries. And it's very much you've got your own sheet and you mark it, you pass it down and a, a score will add them up. In the UK shows, we do communicate. I actually really enjoy that aspect, not only from a collective point of view, in the sense that someone might notice something that someone misses a lot of the time. You can also, if someone is potentially a corrupt judge, you can find that out a lot easier by the way that they act and the way that they might push for someone to place higher. So I've been on a few panels in the UK not NFM actually, but a few other ones that you you found that out throughout and you're, you're kind of sensing, oh, why are they being so forceful on that competitor? And then to find out later that they might have coached them or they might have just been friends or whatever outside or, or whatever goes on politics wise. But that's a really handy way of, of kind of getting straight away to that corrupt uh, corrupt place and and banning where you need to um but yeah in the in the uk we we discuss on the panel so we can use each other's opinions spot spot and point out what we might have missed or what they might have missed um, and work as a collective it then is done on a points uh points system so we'll all place them 
one to however many is on stage. Okay. That then yeah, um, up to six, up to sixth place. Oh, I did not know that. So, yeah. And then everyone after sixth place is, is six from then on. Yes. So not all the way to the end. And I think for me, I think that's a bit of, bit of a nicer approach. There is nothing worse than finding out maybe in a lineup of 20 that you actually came dead last. I think it's really, it can be demor demoralizing. It can either, and it depends on the person, take it either way. It can either give them that spark to never want to be there again, or it can give them that, oh my God, I came dead last in a lineup, a huge lineup of 20. I'm, I'm never stepping on stage again. I'm really embarrassed. Yeah. So I think it's good to have that kind of sixth place and, or, eight or whatever it's like Olympia isn't it it's like what is it top I can't remember if it's top 10 or top 15 after, yeah. after 15 you all place 16th so yeah yeah exactly so it's it's done on the points so it's placed one to to six as such and the rest are six and then you'll pass it down it'll be all added up if people have equal scores let's say uh in the last show there was a category in which all three bikini girls um had 10 points at the end so they were obviously top three, but then it's how do you figure out first to third if they've all got 10 points? So that's then done on how many got one, marked one as first place, and then second and so on. Uh, and that's how it's broken down. But that doesn't happen very often. But as the lineups are getting tougher and tougher, it's happening, happening more so because sometimes there can be two really really similar and really deserving physiques right up there at the top so yeah it's it's it works that way and, it, and it's good it is good how do you pull first and second sometimes or third and fourth or fifth and sixth like is there certain things that you'll kind of think right that's what's going to make my decision x and that's what's going to make my decision y yeah I would say when it comes to kind of those third fourth fifth placings you'll look at who is that most optimal physique for the criteria? Who has got that first and second place? And then from there, you're looking in comparison to those two people or that one person, let's say, who's the top position and going, okay, who's the closest to that physique then? Or who looks like they fit in with those two in the lineup? And that's generally what pulls those places higher and higher up. Um, you want, at the end of the day, for your top three to five, to look relatively similar. As long as you've got a sufficient lineup of lots of girls who look fit for the criteria, you want that top five to all be pretty equal in, in the way that they look or the amount of muscle that they carry or the condition that they're, they're bringing throughout. People don't realize the amount of detail that goes into judging though. Like sometimes you're literally trying to pick like the tiniest thing and you're like, they think you're just saying, oh, it's tough. It's like, no, 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 seriously. Be yeah. Until until you sat on that other side of the panel, you'll never realize what a um pressure as well it feels like to make the right decision and and to really go with with your gut and go with what you know um, and what you've been taught to do with that criteria in that federation. Because if you haven't been taught about it, you're literally sat there picking who's your favorite. If you haven't been and haven't learned what you're looking for in that federation, in that lineup, you're going, oh, I just, I just like that physique or I just like that physique. And you don't want judges like that on the panel. It's, it, then that's where you get those really random results and, and maybe that, that really off score that might not work out when it actually the points are added up and you're like, what? why did that person actually place place there and oh okay 
but yeah, that hasn't, again, it's been really good, I think, for, for GBO in the fact that we have these judges seminars, we can run through it. That doesn't mean there's not disputes on the, the panel. Everyone has opinion and that's that's really important to bring. But it means we are all on the same page. Yeah, makes it a lot easier. Mm, it's like, I think that's kind of like, it's what's that word? It's like having a, it's good to have variety, but it needs to be like the right, not too much that it kind of skews the judging completely. Does that make sense? Like everyone has to have a different perspective because then that makes them a balanced judging panel. Mm -hmm. It's going, you don't want too much, you don't want too less. Yeah, and that's what we've tried as well is to have really diverse panels. We generally have someone who's done beach body, which is myself. We've had someone who's done figure, Vic, um, who's on a lot of the panels. We've had people that have done classic, men's physique, bodybuilding. You know, we have such a variety of judges from all different classes and all different aspects that they've had actual experience in. So it's not just a panel of bodybuilders, which you'll see a lot of in this industry, even though the female categories are nine times out of 10, the busiest categories, but you still have a judging panel of big bodybuilders. And I'm not saying they don't know what they're talking about, but I've never yeah. watched Majesty Five Away. So until that happens, then <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. So I, I just think you need you need that variety of, of female, male criterias, categories that you've had experience in. Else, you don't have a diverse collective judging panel. You have a very select uh, knowledge base, really. So. I'm, I'm already guessing what this answer is going to be, but I think it's good to point it out. Say, for example, someone on the judging panel is like they are on my coach or whatever, and they know someone who is going to be in that class. What's the process? What happens? With FitEx, you literally just go, I'm out of this one. And then they just, you know, they drop out. They actually come away from the whole, what's it called? Table. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think they will, you know, but everyone's. That doesn't sit, they don't sit on a table. Anyway, yeah, tell me what the process is. <laughs> yeah, so we have a, for every show that we do, we make a WhatsApp group of the judges that are going to be there. We then have to ask them to disclose who they have on stage in what category so we can work out so that we do have a sufficient amount of judges on the panel at one time. When it's their client on stage, they have to stand up move yourself away and sit either at the edge and um, completely away from the panel. We actually still get them to mark the class, but it's not added to the pile in which is added up to the points. That's so that we can see as well what they would write. Again, I did not know that. And because again, you can potentially see if they've got that kind of favoritism. It's, it's, it's interesting to see if someone can take their self completely away from who they know or who they coach and look at it from a different perspective. So again, it's not added to the points. It's not added into the scoring at all. We just get them to fill it out so we can review it afterwards. I did not know that. It, it's a good it's a good technique and it's it's interesting as well but it really helps them completely take their their self away from being that biased person hopefully um because that's that's what you want I didn't know that. that's quite a good way of doing it though actually 
And the thing is, with with the industry, with the body, you're always going to know someone or know of someone potentially stepping on stage. Um, So it's important to completely take your kind of personal life, your opinions of someone away and just judge what is there right in front of you at that moment. Yeah, that's very, very true. So very true because like I was a bit on the with um FitX and I'm saying to and like look Joe's client is competing I mm. said if they're shit they're shit yeah. <laughs> I really didn't think about it. but like every, and I was a bit like oh right sure I remember speaking to Lisa about this and Lisa's like I've judged my own husband I was like where'd you place him he goes third I said what did you get and Lisa went third I was like well and I was a bit unsure whether I could actually like do that especially mm. with the FitEx stuff I was like oh I know that person I would like before I did anything I was a bit like oh you know I was I was really saying to Lisa look you know I know this person Lisa like you don't need to keep telling me that you know that person like okay that's fine I just wanted (laughs) (laughs) I just want you to know so that I can yeah and I think actually more than anything it kind of helps you if you take a step back as well like I would hate to judge my clients like I would hate it because then I I I know exactly like what to say to them after when they go oh why did I place last and you're like well <laughs> you know I just say I wasn't on the judging panel it's not my decision so it's kind of nicer that you do- that you don't I think because it takes that awkward conversation a- away I definitely agree so next thing I want to kind of break down a couple of categories what you would say are the main differences between them both because like you can enter multiple categories with NFM or GBO but it's very important to know the differences and how you need you can't just like roll into everyone and go yeah great (laughs) like you need to kind of tweak it and like tweak the package and everything like that and that's something that I personally really try to do with the bikini and diva so yeah I want to go through different categories and what the main differences are, how potentially people need to be aware of that before they go into it. So I'll actually won't go into bikini girl at first. I'll go into like shape and figure. So key differences. Do you think someone can ID realistically go into both? Talk to me about it. No, is <laughs> the question. Is <laughs> the answer to that question really? And um, those ones have got very big differences in my in my eyes, in my opinion. When it's, when it's shaped, we're looking for that larger leg basis, larger legs, larger glutes, hamstrings, all of that. We're looking for that really detailed glute hamstring tie-in, and, and we're looking for a relatively small upper body. It should be unproportioned. That is the only category out of all of them where you can be n- not in proportion. Your lower half should be larger than your upper half. And if it's not, when you're just standing still, the way you pose should make it look like that. But relatively, the best athletes in that division do actually have an unproportioned physique. They are larger down below and they are smaller up above. It doesn't mean they're not detailed and lean up above. That doesn't mean they haven't got any muscle up above, but it means it is disproportionate. Where When it comes to figure, you have to be in proportion. You have to have that real X frame that real lat waist to glute ratio. We want to see strong muscle throughout the physique. We want to say, see clean lines and clean, de- clean de- detailing throughout the physique. And the posing is completely different for those two categories. So yeah, I would say those are the, the main differences between those two. And I don't think you could do two both. Is there a routine and figure for GBS? Yes. yes. For every, every figure class? Every figure class, yeah. Cool. So 
Let's go through beach body bikini and athletic bikini. I love I love going to NFM when this happens, right? Because every single time you get someone <laughs> that freaks the hell out when they get moved to athletic. I'm like, hun, hun, just because you place first at like a different federation with bikini, it doesn't mean that like you're it's going to be the same thing. And like, I don't know how many times I have to say in the backstage, you've been moved for the right reason. They're not do they're not sabotaging you. They are doing it to like help you um yeah if we if we move someone in a show it's because we are pretty confident as long as the lineup comes out and you know it's it's a strong lineup but you're good placed in within that then great but we move you because we are pretty damn sure that you will do better in that criteria and you're not and trying to sabotage them. You're all actually trying to help them. Like, I do yeah. <laughs> They're either going to go home very sad because they didn't place in a category, not quite understand why, or you're going to be moved. You'll probably have a higher placing, hopefully. Um, again, depends on the standard of athletes that steps on stage with them. But nine times out of ten, they do do better in that, in that category. And then they have something to focus on in the fact they, they know now which category they should be in. The only time that we don't really do it is potentially moving a bikini girl to figure because it's just too much on that day, posing wise, routine wise to move them on that day. But as soon as the show's over, and especially in the feedback process, we will tell them. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So the main difference is between beach body bikini and athletic bikini. Go. So beach body it's a little bit softer. The shape should, I don't like using the word soft because it's not soft. And in terms of like normal people, <laughs> it's still very lean, but we're gonna, for this purpose, use the word softer. Um, softer, you're still well proportioned. You've got those ni- that nice pop to your shoulders. You've got clean separation, but not too much feathering, not too much detail, not, no striations, things like that. When it comes to athletic, it's a little bit larger muscle development all round. It's still got that nice balance upper to lower. You've got a little bit more pop to the shoulders. You've got deeper striations. You've got deeper muscle separation. You're going to see that mainly with the females through either their midsection, their delts and their glutes. But yeah, overall, it's bikini with a little bit more to it, <laughs> a little bit more muscle to it. It's kind of as well, the athletic is the potential. They're either going to sit really well in athletic forever, a bit like Scarlett's physique, and that can easily be transferred over to like the professional uh, league and the professional leagues in America. Or you are kind of potentially looking at stepping up to figure at that point. It's that kind of middle ground. Is that Kimberly? Yeah, like like Kim for the last, um, well, two years ago now, isn't it? She didn't quite fit in the bikini criteria when we took her to the Atlas. So she had to adapt and move up to figure. Actually, she looked amazing in that class and actually really, really suited her physique and her proportion really well. But you've got the likes of, I know, previous athletic winners like Hannah, who are also making that step now to go into figure. So it's kind of that transitional phase either. You're at the top end of bikini and that beach body, really top end of being just on the mark or you're you're transitioning up into that figure category but that that's where it gets a little bit more complicated when you have all these breakdowns of classes rather than just beach body 
like we do in the US. So it's, it's yeah, it gets a little bit more technical there. But those are the main differences of the two. What I'd say as well, like if you're looking at any federation when they have multiple classes is kind of if you don't just look at like the last show and go, right, that's it. That's all they're looking for. Like you need to kind of look across all their shows to get that more like broader perspective, I would find. Because you do hear that a lot. They're like, oh, last week, X federation rewarded this. I'm like, oh, no, like that's not (laughs) how it works. They don't work from a show by show. They work across the whole like, mm-hmm. then, like your goal realistically is to get the most like consistent look across all shows but you can't control who turns up that's the main point that's what I was going to say is you might have a show where someone hits the nail on the mark for that criteria and then you might have a show where no one is perfect for that that class someone's still got to win someone's still got to place first second and third but they might not be like optimally like a real professional athlete in the sense that you go that person is that class but if you've got no other choices you have to get the person that is closest to that so you have to look at the results across all of the shows because one show could just be that fact yeah exactly exactly so last one last but not least <laughs> beach body bikini to diva talk us through what are the main differences? I remember, I forgot who was it? I forgot what it was, but I think sometimes there's this perception, I might be wrong mm-hmm. in saying this, there is this perception that you can kind of just roll into Diva, mm-hmm. or I'm just going to roll into Diva. But I can imagine from you, with the, the posing you do, the experience you have, I guess you can kind of tell when someone has, is maybe potentially winging the Diva and someone that's actually full on doing doing the diva that could be a new thing i'm just saying doing the diva um doing the diva (laughs) talk us through the key differences and what makes a diva person in comparison to a bikini person and also like in terms of the physiques as well is there differences is the criteria different talk us through all of those details Yes, I think you're right in saying a lot of people, especially at the last few shows, have done bikini and diva because it's just it's just been there. It's just been that that additional class that you you can do. Also, in terms of like photos and stuff, you get all the photos of the day included. So it's another time to step on stage, get a bit more confidence. And that's another thing that a lot of people I see a lot of people doing it for is just that extra confidence of being a little bit more expressive on the stage. Main differences is Diva isn't really a physique-based category in the sense it hasn't got a right and wrong look. We are looking for balance. We are looking for proportion very, very similar to the beach body category. We want to see a nice flowing physique, but we also want to see that it factor. And I would say that's your biggest thing when it comes to the diva is that it factor. Have you got the all-round package? Have you really thought about everything flowing, not just your physique? which all the other categories are based on. We don't base, we don't judge on what your bikini looks like, what your hair and makeup looks like, what your face looks like. Couldn't couldn't care. It's all about your physique. When it's diva, it's that ultimate all-round package. Um, I always use the expression, it's, it's very much like, can you see that person on the front of like a fitness magazine or the front of branding or something like that? Someone that's got that energy to them. The posing is obviously very different, which I think a lot of people miss out on, uh, especially if they're just doing it and just rolling into that category as such. They just come out and they just do the same bikini posing, which 
comes across very robotic in a diva lineup. You, you can tell who's actually thought about what personality, what vibe they want to bring to the stage, other than someone that's been told to pose like a bikini girl and, and, and hold those positions and squeeze and, and tighten up. And we want to see, we want to see that creativity with posing. We want to see that individuality with posing. And it's just, it's expression at the end of the day. It's really bringing something different to the stage and something that's very much you. So I think easily you could roll into that category, like you said, with being a beach body competitor, being an athletic bikini competitor, being even a figure competitor. You I I'd love to see that. Yeah. And see I'm them roll into it. I would, I would, I think that's great. Because again, it's not based, it doesn't have a specific body criteria I want to see a figure person I'm going to imagine like hatty vibes do you know what I mean yeah exactly exactly that which would be awesome it would be awesome it really would if you listen to this anyone on your figure and you're gonna do a GBO mm. please practice diva so me and Abby can just be in that element okay thanks <laughs> <laughs> but that I just think yeah because I think sometimes yeah, there, there might you never know. There might be the perception that people won't do diva because oh, you like you have to have a bikini physique. When it's like, well, no. Imagine if you had a shape girl. I can imagine a shape girl looking amazing as a diva girl. Oh, absolutely. Jeez, jeez, <laughs> But yeah, that's so interesting to hear, though. But yeah, it is. It is. I I feel like having done both this year, I do think the diva style posing gets a lot of bad reps but I kind of sit there and go I dare you to try it because Mm. I personally find it's actually a lot harder to do and it takes a lot in terms of the actual technicalities I wouldn't say it's any different but what is hard is that stage presence that confidence like I think even if you're really nervous if you've got your muscle memory you can hit that bikini pose and you know Mm. you're going to be good I feel like if you get if if you can't get past the mental side of that with diva I think that's the challenge and I think that is really what the main challenge is so yeah I get very um what's the word you know like a mother gets really like protective over their child I feel like that with like diva because it's like it gets a lot of bad vet but I dare people to try it because it's actually very very hard from like a mental point of view to get to that level do you know what I mean oh absolutely like you know when you've got a bikini routine you know, you know exactly what you're going to do. You don't have to move at all. You get into your positions, you get into those mandatories, you're holding your front position and you just hold that with confidence. Maybe take a few looks around, but keep holding that same position. And then you move to the next one and you move to the next one. With Diva, you're constantly trying to keep that energy alive through your posing. You're constantly moving, you're constantly transitioning. And if you don't rehearse it, spot on you're going to hit angles that you didn't mean to hit and you didn't want to show off so you need to know that your body looks good in every single little adjustment that you're doing and it's so much more adjustments than your standard bikini also you know girls in that category they like to add spins and turns and different kind of transitions if you've got nerves if you've got wobbly feet that's it (laughs) you're going to be flat out on your butt (laughs) so so it's it's really trying to build that confidence even more being on that stage and knowing how to stand and how to present yourself even more than the bikini category 
Yeah, and I would say as well, a lot of people, when I say, oh, you're not doing diva, they're like, oh, I can never do diva. I'm like, the fact that you've just said never, you've literally just shut a door on yourself automatically. Like, <laughs> I do truly believe there is a diva in every single person. It's there. You've just got, maybe it's been suppressed. Mine got suppressed. Like, it happens. But don't ever, like, put the limit on yourself and think, I could never do that. I'm not enough for it. Like, it gets you've got to throw yourself into it and just put yourself out there and allow yourself to have that Beyonce moment and all that sort of thing because I look back I keep looking back at photos recently I'm like lol I was not I would never have thought of myself being able to do diva and do relatively like well but it's like if I would have said to myself I wouldn't I can never do it then you're never gonna do it no no and as long as you actually practice it because like we said, people just, just rock into it. If you actually practice it, you're going to feel confident in that class. If you just kind of think, oh, I'm just going to flick my hair or kind of put my arms above my head, that's when you can look really awkward. And then you're going to look back on your pictures and then you're going to be like, oh my God, I looked really awkward. Um, but it's because you didn't practice it. It's because you didn't actually analyze your posing or analyze what your physique looks in these positions it's just I, I just kind of went on stage and blagged it as such yeah I would say as well with Diva like I think from again from my own experience like doing it I think you there's a lot more variety like I feel sometimes in bikini I'm like oh I don't want to hit that pose the reason I look good in it but I know I've bloody got to do it whereas I feel like with Diva you've got a bit more like oh I can kind of not like dodge the bullet but you can really like tweak the posing to really enhance that physique. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Like, oh, honestly, when I have to do like, if anyone on stage, if I'm ever on stage and someone says, can you do like a standard X-frame front pose? My heart sinks. I'm like, whoop, whoop, oh God, <laughs> abort mission. Whereas like with Diva, I can't really imagine that happening. So it's good. Cause like, yeah, that, that does not well. That does not work with me. So it's yeah. There's pros and cons to every category, but I do feel like the diva. If you were, if you just go for it, do your posing and practice, you'll be able to kind of see. Oh no, I don't have to hit that traditional one that I really don't like doing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And just just work on your overall look at that that point. You know, everything detailing, jewelry, hair, makeup, as you know. <laughs> She's like the wizard of. <laughs> I try, I try. But it's just, it's funny when everyone's like, oh, you're like really sassy. I'm like, lol, if you know me in person, mate, I am. I'm not, I wouldn't <laughs> look at me right now. But as I say, it, it's in within every single person. I really can't stress that enough. Like if you're listening to this and thinking, oh, I, can, I, I, don't, I would love to do it. Well, that's a freaking sign that you just need to try it and just go for yeah. it. Just like, don't, don't rush it. Don't kind of you know, shove it under the carpet and just do it last minute. minute. Like really study it practice that posing and I found as well like doing a lot of photo shoots have directly helped me with the diva kind of classes and photo shoots you can do in your off season you can do when you go into prep like you don't there's never a time that you can that you have to do a photo shoot but I feel like when I look back from this season I feel like a lot of the photo shoots I've done over the years has really helped me with that and I've not even, I didn't even click and link them together, but they're so, so intertwined, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Oh, absolutely. Like the posing that you'll do in those photo shoots, the, the confidence that you'll gain from them, especially like you said, doing them in your off season. The face mm-hmm. as well. You don't even think about the face. Your face. <laughs> no one thinks about their face. <laughs> you need to practice in a mirror, staring yourself out in the fact that 
you know, not to pull those weird faces that we do on stage. <laughs> right. Sometimes you just, it's like you think of everything else, aren't you? And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, hang on, hang on. Well, he's my face too. Can't you do yeah, it? and that, that's a that's a massive thing as well with the with the diva pose and with bikini. You can kind of see everyone's thought process going when they set up a pose. You can see that they're they're getting their feet together, they're bending that front knee, they're sticking up that glute, they're twisting around. You don't want to see any thought process in diva. It should be so integrated with their body that they don't even have to blink to think about what position they're going into next. It should just be there. So yeah. It is, it's an interesting, interesting like class, but I, I thoroughly enjoy it. You, you were a diva girl back in the day. Well, you did it all, didn't you, really? Yeah, <laughs> way back. <laughs> way back when. I still remember those days, though. <laughs> so that leads us very, very nicely, can you tell I planned this, into next year. So you are, I would say, headlining. Is that the right word? You are headlining. Some really exciting shows next year. So I will put a link to the compact calendar. It is getting busy already. And mm-hmm. I don't even think everything's even on there yet. But I'm really liking the change that NFM's doing. You know, having a split of the pro pro am. Yeah, pro am. Mm-hmm. And then the amateur only ones and obviously the female only ones. So let's talk about the ones that you are directly involved in. And we'll just take it from there. But I'm so excited for you. I think it's gonna be wicked. Yes, so one of the first, well, it is the first GBA show of the year, actually, is on the 27th of March, and that's going to be the Diva UK. And now the Diva is already set up as a branch of the GBO out in America. So they already have loads of the Diva shows. Now, the Diva shows aren't just the Diva category. They're all female categories. So they are GBO's Diva. GBO's beach body, GBO, uh, GBO shape, and GBO figure. So we're going to have those those standard categories in within that. And um, over here, they have been running for a good few years now over there, and they are so so popular, and they are such good shows. Like I've seen a few now. Not I haven't actually been to any of them yet, but I've seen them all over social media. They look bloody fantastic, loads of fun, and they're just empowering I think is the main thing to females within the industry I think you know point proven from compact being being massive you know how many female athletes are in this industry and I would fight to say there's almost more females than males I would yeah I would actually agree with that just like just over and um, the majority of shows the biggest classes you'll find will be that that bikini class mm-hmm. uh, nine times out of ten it's normally the one that says like 20 to 40 athletes and you have to split the categories and heights and and all of that so um it's going to be exciting that we get to celebrate that in a show completely based around the females within the, in the within the industry and what I'm doing over here in the UK is obviously I'm promoting the show Chris and Suki, who are obviously Chris heads up GBA Europe and Suki runs his own shows under the GBA banner, are helping me along this. This is the first show that I'm promoting. I've run events before and things like that, but this is the first ever show. So they are helping me. They're in the background, but the, the guys are the background. Yeah. Whereas the females are going to be heading it up. We're going to have a female photographer. We're going to have, you know, just females working backstage. All the sponsors will be female-run companies. Oh, that's so cool. So it's not just 
it's an only female show, everyone there has something to do with bringing female to the upfront of the industry. That's so cool. Um, I love that. So, yeah, I'm really excited. Like, the judging panel, all going to be girls. Like, there's no men in the building except those that are helping out in the background and obviously supporting their their girls up on the stage, which is, yeah, it's it's awesome and it's, it's going to be really, really cool. We've got a venue provisionally booked. We need to have confirmation from them once, like, all the payment and that is sorted. So I won't announce exactly where it is just yet but the venue is is awesome um and it's just in line with everything that we are saying about all girls I'm just gonna say that <laughs> so there's so much element to it that's really really exciting we are going to run an amateur and a pro show like you said so in the amateur shows we'll obviously have we'll have beach body shape diva and figure in which they'll be broken down into heights and also junior and over 35 over 45 and um, so lots of opportunity to step on stage and get your gbo pro card then we're then going to run the pro show which is going to be the four gbo pro categories the four categories that we can take to to the us and compete which is what we, just to confirm so that's beach body so that'll be a mixture of athletic bikini if you've ever competed at an nfm show and normal bikini we're just drawing the two together there won't be a separate we're then shape which is wellness we've got the diva pro diva which out in the u.s is called pro wings at the moment what yep and i think you can <laughs> understand what that entice entails <laughs> being pro wings maybe <laughs> <laughs> so and then we've got the um, pro figure so they're going to be our four pro classes for that show and we'll have a pro overall and we'll be taking one, potentially more athletes, depending, over to Las Vegas from that show. So one pro overall winner at the moment will be coming us to Las Vegas to compete for prize money at their diva show. So where's, that's the one, is that the one in the mid of the year or that the end of the year next year? Uh, middle of the year. That's the, is it July? What, the Las Vegas one? Yeah. Yeah, it's um, May time. Las Vegas. Right, I've got so many dates running around my head right now. I'm like, is it then? Is it then? Yeah, yeah. I was seeing that July one. That's just, so that's the July Vegas diva opportunity. Yeah, so the, the opportunity is at the March show to get okay. that ticket. So someone from that March show will get your ticket over to Las Vegas, which is a, maybe a month later. I think it's May. Let's triple check. <laughs> <laughs> she pulled out the phone. And then the one, the, you know, the... The one in December next year is going to be the. That'll be the Atlases in December. The world. Yeah. I didn't want to say the wrong name, so I was going to. <laughs> yeah. So, so with then um, with the March show, the overall pro winner will go to Las Vegas with us on May the twenty first. That's Amazing. when that show is, and then obviously we have another diva show in August in the UK, and the winner from that will come over to oklahoma with us for their diva show in oklahoma which is in september Bam. <laughs> so there's two op two opportunities in 2020 for that america that america ticket and hopefully at the moment we've we've done one ticket as in the pro overall but hopefully we're going to do more maybe each pro overall winner depending on numbers depending on how much we can build momentum for this show because 
we said in the uh, live that we did last night, every bit of money that we take in for this, we want to put back into the athletes. That's what GBO is all about. So if we get high numbers of competitors, all that we do is put that money back in and take more pros to the US where they then compete for prize money and get that amazing experience of being fully paid for to be in a different country, to compete in international lineups. It's just, it's just awesome. And it's a really great experience for any athlete. Cool. I'll meet you back in the day. Green bikini. Also, also with the um, Diva shows, we do have some additional categories that we're going to chuck in there. So after the pro show, we are doing additional categories in which the pros and amateurs get to step on stage together. Now, these are categories where you can't receive your pro card, but you do um, sponsorships and amazing prizes. So we've got at the moment, we've got theme wear, sportswear, and elegance. And for each of those classes, we're going to give away a, a full sponsorship or some other little things that we've got up our sleeves. So, but pros and ams get to step on stage together, which is right. also really cool. Right. So there's going to be just to confirm, there's a, each one is going to be a sportswear category. Mm-hmm. Elegance. So I'm guessing sportswear is like your fitness photo shoot. Exactly. And then elegance is like your evening gown round. Evening gown, yeah. And your theme wear is your theme wear. Amazing. Yeah. Theme wear can be anything. It can be whatever you want. Like expression and creativity is, is the ultimate for theme wear, right? Yeah. So with those categories then, and talking just so the criteria bit is like boxed off as well, so everyone knows, how mm-hmm. is that going to be judged? Is that, does your physique still come into it? Is it more the choices? Is it more the posing? Like how is that generally, do you think that's going to be judged, those classes? So that will be more of that overall kind of package, very similar to kind of like Diva. It will be addressed on like your outfit, how it looks, how it's presented. Also, you've got to have the physique that goes with it, whether that be fit for figure, shape, because we're anticipating people from every category will be doing an additional category, one of the three, most likely. And we would love everyone at that show to do elegance, because what we're going to do is we're going to do that one last. And during the awards for elegance that's when we'll uh, announce the pro overall winner so we would have done the pro show we would have done the overall um comparisons but we wouldn't have announced the pro overall winner then we would have done the additional categories got to the elegance everyone we dressed up look absolutely stunning and that's where we'll announce that that pro that pro ticket and who's got that ticket um and it would just it would just look amazing and it would be be really really cool that sounds sick. That sounds so good. Oh, yeah. Next year, man. 2022. <laughs> just saying. Last thing, I'm going a bit backward, but only because we spoke about it just before we started, and I've just kind of like looked down, and we still I think it's really important to know is the feedback thing we spoke about. So I think it was along the lines of like you were saying, oh, feedback was taking longer than expected. And I even said to you, look, I don't really mess it. Like, if I think. What should I say? You don't get feedback from every single federation. So the fact that someone is sitting there, i.e. Abby, when, you know, it's a lot of time that goes into it. Like, I think it's, I think it's personally quite, like, I know you want to get that feedback straight away, but I just feel like if people want this feedback really fast, it's not for me, it's personally not urgent. And I know some people might want that federate, that feedback federation before their next show. But as I said to you, like, 
if that federation is completely different, is that feedback going to be 100% helpful when you're going into a completely different federation with completely different criteria and completely different judging panel? So I don't know if you want to kind of elaborate on that a little bit, but I think that's really, really important to know. Yeah, I think feedback from any show is essential. I think if you've got the opportunity to request feedback, get feedback. I know every show does it differently. Some shows do it on the day and you go after your class or during the break or whatever and approach the judges and get feedback. I know obviously with GBO, you send in send in your email and you'll get feedback within a few weeks. So it's it's different for, for every federation. I think it's important to do. I would do it, absolutely. I think if you were competing, let's say you were competing in a PCA show one weekend and then competing in another PCA show like two weeks later, it, it's essential that you need that feedback to come back better for that next show it depends what the feedback is as well if it's something to do with your posing that just needs a little bit of tweaking or something like that then yeah it would be amazingly beneficial but nine times out of ten feedback is going to be on your physique it's going to be what you need to amend for your development phase it's going to be uh, be what you need to do in terms of condition or growth or or things like that so I don't think it's essential to be really, really fast, as in you don't need it the week of your show or the day of stepping off stage. I think, and like you said, it's if you're doing, let's say, two bros and then you're doing GBO, the, the feedback you get from two bros is going to be pretty irrelevant for then doing a GBO show. Exactly. So it's yeah. not essential and it, it's good to get, but for your development phase. So yeah. it gives you things to focus on for next season, not next week. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Like, I, I get it. Like, you, you you want your photos, you want the feedback, you want everything really fast because you're still on a high and a buzz. But it's like, yeah, exactly what you said. If you're going into a different competing federation, you don't need that feedback ASAP. Like, I think, you, I think it was like a week and a half, which I think is pretty decent considering how big that October show was. Yeah, and, and at least we do do it. At least we do do it after after the show because you you know it's it's hard to get down on the day or get up to the judges on the day. And actually, for them to give relatively good feedback on the day is going to be pretty hard because they've seen however many physiques on that stage. Dead in it at the end. <laughs> you just go. Look, I have I have no idea. I was completely in with that category and when you were on stage completely there and 100 percent um on it and looking and and judging to that now you're off stage you're standing in front of me and you're asking oh can i have feedback for for the, the class that i did 20 classes ago you're like I, I just can't even comprehend how i can give really really constructive and helpful feedback to that competitor right there and then whereas that number sometimes they're just I'm like what's your number like I'm like in the nicest way I know you're like Margaret but right now but on stage you weren't Margaret you were number 55 so yeah <laughs> yeah exactly it's it's so challenging and I want for me personally I want to give really really constructive and and, and lots of feedback I want to be able to write a good segment for them to actually make some good improvements, to make the improvements that we want to see. And it's amazing how many 
athletes we've seen, especially this past year, I'd say from stepping on stage in 2019 before the pandemic and them taking their feedback away and actually putting it into action and stepping back onto a GBO stage with that feedback being the forefront of their mind in development season, how much they have improved, whether that's placings or just physique-wise. And you, you can tell if someone's actually been away and, and had a strong, strong development phase, not just uh, I'll bring back the same package again and I'll bring back the same. If it, if it didn't work the first time, it's not going to work the second time if it's the same. And the lineups get better and better every year. So if you stay the same, you're just not going to keep up with the game, unfortunately. So true. Do you think, like, do most, most occasions, do you think someone should go straight into another season? Or do you think most people realistically should pull out for longer periods of time? Do you think people potentially rush too quickly into their next season? Especially for yourself as well, as you, you know, you progressed massively across your competing career as well. I don't know, I can't remember how long you took out in between each each um, season. I think to start with, it was very relatively short off seasons. Like the first year I competed, I competed eight times across the year. It was like a four and four with a few months in the middle gap. And I think when you're starting out, you can make a lot of improvements in a very, very short amount of time because your body responds to all this new training stimulus and this new dieting approach Um, and you can see those improvements straight away as you get deeper and deeper maybe you've been doing this two three four years I personally think it takes a lot longer to make the changes that you want to see to your physique but ultimately it depends how close they were to maybe that top placing or how close they were to the physique that is going to get them what they want whether that's pro card whatever because if it if it is just a few adjustments that can be done in a few months if it's a lot of work it's it's going to take a lot longer and so I think it's very individual for most it's so true though I, I got a question saying then did you expect this to do well I was like I thought I was going to do worse yeah, I've been chatting, people seeing everyone. I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. And I was just said to Joe, remember last year, um, beginning of this year, I said, Joe, I don't think I'm gonna go again, you know, because I just feel like these youngsters are just they're just waiting. Way way no, you are in your prime, <laughs> you're in your prime. It's so true, though. Like, it, I think it's, it is an interesting, it's an interesting um perspective, like you have on that because I think that's a question that a lot of people have it's like oh like when is that next something I'm thinking about I'm like oh when do I go again like when when is the best time because you don't want to be going on stage again do it go bring in the same yeah I think it also depends on like maybe how long your season's been how much your health has been impacted you know it's not there's no saying that you know body modeling is a healthy sport it's not a healthy sport no actual a high-end professional sport is a healthy sport you're pushing your body to an extreme whether that's bodybuilding whether that's gymnastics these people you know take those sacrifices to be the best and with bodybuilding I would say that's even more relevant even from an amateur level it's, it's not healthy in the long run <laughs> to stay at that kind of peak physique especially so I think it depends how long you've been there how much your health has been impacted how much your mindset mental health has been impacted if you have that kind of mentality where you can come into an off season pretty easily you get that relationship back with food a little bit and you you find that love for training again 
brilliant, but a lot of people don't. A lot of people really struggle with that mentality of, oh, now I've got so much choice of what I can eat and it gets overwhelming. It's like they've just been opened up these floodgates and now you can eat anything you want. And it's 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 so overwhelming. And then it does take time to build up satiety levels. It takes time to build up hunger cues. And I think that's unless you get to a point in your off season where you've got that and you've got that quite strong, it's not the time to go back into a prep again. Never rush. No, this always shows. And, and like we've seen, next year is bigger than this year. 2023 is going to be bigger than 22. You know, okay, let's not talk about 23 just yet. <laughs> Jesus, I'm still processing 2022 right now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but that just shows it gets it gets bigger and it gets more and more every year. So it's never, it's 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 never it's never a rush. Yeah. But it will feel like that because you'll get FOMO. Loads of people will get oh. FOMO next year because the opportunities are just mad. That's the thing, like, I'm, I myself are definitely going to get FOMO next year. But I know that, like, 2023 will be even more. And mm-hmm. same year after that, and same year after that. So it's very, very true. It's very, very true. But thank you so much for this episode. I feel like there's a lot of things I've actually learned personally, which is always great, always good to expand. And I think, hopefully... For everyone listening it gives a good overview of what nfm and what gbo is what it has been and what it's going to be next year as well my dog just wants to get involved with the barking <laughs> but no thank you so much chick is there anything else you kind of want to add or any finishing words at all no i just think everyone should make their fair share of the year march 27th really basically just that one <laughs> No, it's so good. And even thing is, even if someone is potentially, I always say this, go and watch a show. If there's a show, that, if there's a federation that you're looking to do end of the year, go watch them ahead of time. Get knowledge. Like, knowledge is everything. And you only get a certain snippet when you're on social media. Like, going to the actual show is everything. <laughs> it, yeah, it you'll, get, you'll get the atmosphere. You'll get the vibe. You'll feel like you either really want to do it or you really don't want to do it. Like, you know straight away when you see something that that's what I was meant to do. Yeah, get yourself to a show. So thank you so much, Chick, for coming No on. worries at all. It's been amazing. Okay. And we'll see you guys in the next episode.